Hi, this is Brand Sparks, and welcome to a special episode of the Sendation Podcast. So the end of last year, we started up our Patreon, where you can join our subscribers and, and get new content, uh, two episodes a month if you wanted to. We have the $1, $5, $10 levels. So we've been doing about, we've done like 10 episodes so far. And most recently, we did an episode on our favorite films of 2022. It was Thomas, David, and me. It was our first time that all three of us have sat down together for an episode, and it was for our Patreon. And so we got a lot of great feedback from people who are on our Patreon. They kept asking us, can you release this as the main episode so people can hear you all on what you feel like your favorite films of the year were? And we thought about it, and we're like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's give you all a tease of what we kind of do twice a month on our Patreon. And so this is kind of a, it's made a little dated now, I guess, because it's end of March in 2023, if you're listening to this, the day of release. But we still think it's, it applies to kind of our show. We talk a lot about movies on movies on the episode because we've been covering it this month. So this is a special episode. We hope you enjoy it. It was fun to sit down with Thomas and David and kind of discuss all this. It was fun because Thomas and David only met once previously because Thomas lives in Atlanta. And so they only met previously when Thomas visited here a few months back. So it was fun to kind of sit down and they really just, we all kind of, we just enjoyed having, we enjoyed having a conversation about movies. So I hope you all enjoy this episode, the special episode. Uh, it's a good tease for our Patreon, like I said. And if you enjoy the episode and you want to hear more, go to subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, again, several different levels. You get several different things with it. And if not, that's fine. I hope you just enjoy this episode we have uh, from this month. So thank you so much. Here is the special episode of our favorite films, our top 10 films from 2022. I, I actually don't watch movies on planes anymore, and I don't know why. I probably hmm. should. I just, I get, I... I I don't know. It's it's not the way they intended, guys. It's not the way they intended. Well, you you have to pick a good plane movie. You <laughs> yeah, can't watch like, actually, like yeah, I you agree. can't watch like Lawrence of Arabia on the back of a. Plane. I, I always knock out podcast movies on planes. I um, I watch Mimic on oh. a plane when we were doing oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Del Toro. Yeah, I was I was like podcast uh, movies, but now I know what you mean. Yes. Um. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, or, or I'll watch something I've seen like a bunch of times. You yeah, know. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. like. Yeah, I don't want to watch something. I well, I mean, I have watched something I haven't seen, but yeah, not not like a like a big screen. Movie. You're watching Full Metal Jacket and breaking it down. The guy sitting next to you. Well, I was yeah, gonna say, I, was, I went on a drunken rant about a single frame of uh, Full Metal Jacket on a recent plane, and the guy was he was all he was all in. He was like asking questions. So Stanley, and... right? Stanley was going for this in this moment. What's the uh, what's the most inappropriate movie you've ever watched? On okay, a plane? so so I have an answer. Oh, I know exactly what mine is. I do as well. I do too. I, and and mine is like it's not inappropriate. It's just like I felt uncomfortable watching it. And it's that. Do you remember that Nickelodeon movie Fun Fun Size? Yeah, this is this is a weird. It, no, I, I'm sorry, okay. I don't recall this I, one. I, I've never seen it's, this. It's uh, it was it, this was this was year, years and years ago. It was, like, it was it was probably one of my first years in L.A. and it, it just came out and it was like uh. It was supposed to be a Nickelodeon movie. But it was kind of like teen, like more teen driven, a little bit more, much more mature. It's probably not that mature, but it was. Um, uh, I think Victoria Justice was in it, and the the actress from the Evil Dead remake and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is a Jane mm. Jane Levy, is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And something about it, just the way they like sexualize these teenage characters i was like this feels odd to watch in the play <laughs> and i and, like i should not and, be watching this I, right now and i'm gonna turn it off because it was just like 
like it was like close-ups of like when they were like bending over and like these scantily clad Halloween costumes. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna turn this off. No other movie has made me do that, but like a kids' movie may I was like, no, I can't. No, this feels odd. And I'm like, I don't know where the rest of this movie's going, so I'm just gonna turn this off and go watch. So you never finish. I, I you did finish it? it later. I did finish it later, and it was not as bad. Um, <laughs> but but I felt very uncomfortable for some reason. But like, I, I've yeah, usually like. Like I know Mark will always watch like any Marvel film that he hasn't seen yet. He always watches them on a plane. Uh, I, I, you know, a, a lot of, you know, I work on a lot of kind of like blockbustery stuff out here, and I'll always ask people. Like I'll run into people that I worked on like a superhero mm-hmm. movie with a couple movies back, and I'll be like, "Oh, did you ever see that one?" And they're like, ah, "I'm saving it for the next, next like plane ride. Pl- flight back to L.A." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I watched the first Suicide Squad. Which was like a Suicide Squad, not the Suicide Squad, right? That's the difference. Oh, yeah. I watched Suicide Squad, and I was like, "What is going on with this movie?" Um, it was, it was like, and I think what well, you watched that, you watched that here, Thomas. I think because I remember, you, I think I came over and you're like, "What is going on in this?" <laughs> yeah, I watched that. I didn't see it in theater. I remember Freddie saw it in theaters because he. Uh, He's a big David Ayer he, guy. He, yeah, he was a big David Ayer fan and not a superhero guy at all. And I just remember him texting us being like, oh, my God, you guys, this movie was awful. He went like opening night. Yeah, yeah I saw it opening weekend, too. Uh, and everybody that, in that audience was was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think anybody enjoyed that experience. Yeah. So, so but, <laughs> and it's rare. So I answered my inappropriate playing movie, which is fun. Oh, yeah. so yes. What, what was y'all's? What was y'all's? Uh, so mine, mine isn't. I don't think the movie's inappropriate, but um, probably people seeing my reaction to it. So I watched what we do in the shadows, and as you know, like it has violent gags that are, are funny. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting there laughing, and there's this lady sitting beside beside me, and I just see her go look at me, like look at the movie, and then look at me, and like uh, like, like I'm disturbed. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, it's it's a comedy. It's meant to, it's meant to be funny. It's, meant to be funny. <laughs> it's it's over the top blood. Right, right. Um, so yeah, uh, but I, I recently watched Top Gun Maverick on a plane, and I, I think that almost added to the experience because you hit turbulence like in the third act battle. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I was I was on a flight not long ago, and I mean, Maverick had been out for like six months at that point, and I just looked in front of me, and just Everything like every Maverick. TV I yes. could see was playing Maverick. Yes. Yeah. Um, mine is, and I'm generally the mindset of like if something kind of gory. Or something like shows up on a movie I'm watching. I'm of the mindset of like nobody should be looking at like mind your own business. Don't look That's at my true. screen anyway. I look but, at I look um, at everyone's screen. I do it all the time. I, yeah, but like don't get offended <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. if you look over agree, my screen. Agree, but yeah. um, I was on a flight one time and there it was like empty. I think it was like Christmas Day. I had to fly back to L.A. for work. Oh. And it was like empty, so I'm just like spread out on like a full row of uh seats and i had loaded up a uh, brawl on cell block 99 oh, man. on my like kindle <laughs> oh, fire God. and i was like at a certain point towards the end it's just so violent brought, brought. i was like i feel like if anyone could see my screen right now they'd like call the flight attendants on me and they'd like make me put this away like i i am having a hard time watching this i can't imagine subjecting anybody else to seeing it like out the corner of their eye i love it like i'm like i got like like weirded out by like teenage like a teenage movie you're like i was watching brawl and cell block night or <laughs> the other one that always used to get me was because you know 
I, I used to really enjoy the show Transparent, yeah. and it always came out like around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Every new season would drop like right before Thanksgiving, and so I'd always load it up on my Kindle for the flight home. And then every time I'd be watching it, and some like crazy awkward sexual thing would happen in it, and I'd just be like, ah, "Why do I keep doing this to myself <laughs> every year? Every flight home for Christmas, I always load up a couple episodes of Transparent, and then I'm just like, I can't watch this." Yeah. Um, no, no, I had a buddy. I, I think it was, I think it was Dan. But I had a we. Had, I think someone just watched a movie from this year on a plane, and that was Triangle of Sadness. No, oh, great choice, <laughs> great choice. I hope no one around him was airsick. Yeah, because you know? I think I think why I believe I, I believe he did watch that because he said, like, "Oh, we were having turbulence." So like it felt like I was it was like a four D experience during the the uh, the ship scene when they're eating dinner and the and everything's just going crazy he's like yeah it felt like i was there because it was going crazy in the plane you know i just i just uh i don't think i said it at the top of the episode it was before we started filming but i just watched that movie along with several other movies in the last 24 hours so i haven't looked too much into it because i I literally just finished it up did they build that set on like a gimbal do you know because it looks like oh interesting it looks like everyone is like shifting their weight yeah, as yeah. the it's it, it doesn't look like when Woody Harrelson's standing there like receiving everybody he's like shifting his weight as the cameras like tilting back and forth. Let's see. I want to find out. Uh, it is it is effective. I don't I don't yeah. I was watching it and I was like I feel a little sick to my stomach yeah. and I, and I'm not like a sympathy vomiter or whatever but then I realized it's also just like I've been subjected to the camera just waving back and forth for like the last five minutes straight yeah let's see i'm gonna uh yeah they built the interior of the yacht on a gimbal we were in the studio when we shot the that scene we spent nine days in the gimbal and the boat was rocking constantly like for eight hours a day yeah wow well speaking of triangle of sadness let's talk about what we're talking about today with our patreon episode uh and that's our favorite i guess our top 10 movies of the year uh i'm brand sparks I'm Thomas Horton. I'm David Glenn, the fourth. There we go. It's a it's a trio episode. We've never done this before. Yeah. Um, we haven't done a trio only for the patrons. Oh, oh yeah, only for the. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see if it works. Um, if not, we have to fire David, and we can't bring him back as a trio. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, we did it for I know you you and I Thomas did it with Hunter on Walk Hard, and then we did it with Ben countless times. It felt like uh, mm-hmm. way way back in the day. Yeah, people are actually I'll, not a lot of people, but some people will ask me like, hey. Where's the the first hundred episodes of y'all show? And I'm like, well, because it it, it I'm actually like takes the like the first the the it only shows the last hundred and fifty. I can't expand it, but I'm like, do people want to go listen to those old episodes? I found them. I found them online. If you Google it, okay, like these old like podcast archives websites that just kind of grabbed it automatically. What were you listening to? I went back. Uh, I went back not long ago. And listen to like our Roadhouse episode, and our audio was so rough. Oh yeah, real rough. Oh yeah, audio. yeah. I, yeah. E- even like from beginning of COVID to now, our audio has improved drastically. When I, I think, I think at that point, edit. Anna was record like the first time Anna showed up to record an episode, she was just recording on like her uh, her little like mic on her plug in Apple yeah. earbuds, yeah. and I was just like, oh, this is this is not yeah. gonna be good. She would just do this like talking to it, and I was like. <laughs> I was like, is anyone going to tell her just not to do that anymore? Um, and then when she came back on for To Live Down L.A., I was like, hey, Anna, can you make sure you get your mic out? Because like, I know you have one. Like, And at the point, yeah, she had made, one. You, she you had a mic. video essays. Yeah, <laughs> they sound great. Point. Yeah, she had a mic. And she's just like, she's just like I don't want to do, do it. I'm not bringing it out. 
Um, uh, but yeah, we're talking about our, our 10 favorite movies today. Um, I guess the way David pitched it, do you want to pitch how we're, how you, how we should do it, David? What, what you, yeah. So I, I've heard this on the pure cinema podcast and then I can't remember his podcast with Rebecca McKendry, but it's a horror podcast, mm-hmm. but basically they, and I think the poster actually shows up in that, in the new scream and the, in those guys, uh, apartments, the, the initial mm-hmm. killers in the, in the open. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, the uh, uh, basically what they do is they go like countdown from 10. And uh, so if, if, for example, if my 10th choice is not one of yours, I would talk about that movie at that point. Mm-hmm. But if my 10th choice is like higher up on yours, then we will wait until oh, yeah. we get That's to That's how they do it on the, the big picture as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, it, I, we don't have to do it that way. You know, we could just, I just, I think if there is overlap, that yeah. makes it easier. Well, at yeah. least from, well, from hearing it as a, as a listener. Let's try to do it that way. Let's try to do it that All way. Right. Okay. Um, I like that. Who wants to go first? Who wants to go first? I can I can guarantee my number ten is not going to be. I have I have I can guarantee else's. my number ten is not on anyone else's list as well. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I can guarantee it because okay. you guys did an episode well, ta- ta- on, on my number ten. Okay. Okay. So ta- so Thomas, I'll let you go first. Mine is uh my number ten is Jackass Forever. Okay. Yeah, it's not on my that's not on my list. So so not on my why, list, but respect. But but I do like Jackass Forever. So what? Why did it make it on your list, Thomas? Why was Jackass Forever? Uh, it it was such a. I mean, it, it's it's literally. I think anyone outside of kind of our age range is gonna miss a lot of the kind of what I felt was very profound about this movie. Uh-huh. But um, as far as like you know, we're in this era of of legacy sequels. And for like something like Jackass to handle it as as well as it did is is kind of wild to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not scripted. It's it's, but it, it just kind of played out that way. We're we're watching. Uh, you know, we've got a, a lot of the original guys back from obviously Jackass, a TV and mm-hmm. film series that was huge when I was a kid. Um, and you've got a lot of the guys back but they're starting to kind of age out. You know, Johnny Knoxville gets a really bad head injury yeah. during the filming of it. And they've brought all these young guys in to kind of do some of the more dangerous stuff. Uh, but the young guy there, everyone, all the young people are like, so ex- like stoked yeah. to be there. And all the guys are so happy to be back together. And they're pretty open about the, the COVID of it all. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just, it, it was one, I think 2022 was really the year that like we got back into theaters. Yeah. Like I saw, I saw plenty of movies in theaters in 2021, but it was always kind of weird. Yeah. And like sometimes you'd go expecting there'd be plenty of people there and it'd be like dead. Yeah. Um, but 2022 was the year that it was like, you'd a- have like actual community experiences back in theaters and Jackass came out kind of close to the top of the year. Like March of that year. And, um, yeah. yeah I don't, there's just some incredible set pieces in here. They've got the, the kind of opening, uh, kind of miniature Godzilla sketch that they did uh, with Spike Jones mm-hmm. that is <laughs> ridiculously well done. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, they ultimately like topped a lot of their like some of the best pranks and stunts I think they've ever done in the series were just in Jackass Forever, mm-hmm. and and it also seemed like they were trying to come up with ways to not be like quite as dumb as yeah, they've been yeah, in the yeah. past, which I think made them be a little bit more creative. So the um, I think they called it the Silence of the Lambs sketch, yeah. but the one where they trapped everyone in like a dark room mm-hmm. and turned out the lights 
and had like party boy with the uh night vision goggles uh it was just uh, incredible just so 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 good um so i don't know it, it just felt really yeah it made me feel very warm yeah. and and also you know a lot of these guys have, now that they're older have kind of like turned their lives yeah. around you know steve was very open about it uh it was just like a felt like a very wholesome experience yeah. which is not a word i would ever it, think to describe a jackass movie yeah it feels like it's a bunch of friends just having fun together is kind of thing and there's something about like a bunch of i mean honestly just a bunch of guys <laughs> they do have a, a a woman in their like cast now but it's like but the main kind of the older older the ogs of it all like they it's just like it's wholesome or it's fun to see just a bunch of dudes just like hanging out and like having fun with one another and like even though they're older they can still find ways to like make one another laugh is the thing there's just something kind of endearing about that i feel like um yeah i agree and the young cast was great too I th- and i yeah. think i think they did a good job of weaving them in mm-hmm. i agree i agree and then yeah poopy it was a poopies he's 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 was he the poopies uh zach ass and yeah. zach ass a bit like he like worshiped the show since he was a kid so yeah. it's like yeah. that's like a dream come true for him yeah you know? he was like this is great man but yeah, it, it, yeah, there's something just, just nice about it. Did you ever watch the it was a Jackass 4.5 or whatever it was? The- Jackass yeah, 4.5 Netflix. actually got knocked off my top 25 list by by the movies that I watched gonna, in the last 48 hours. Have, but 4.5 was like the last slot on my top 25 so list. So you had Jackass 4 and 4.5 both on your top 25 list for the years. What you're gonna say, Thomas? 4.5 brought an entirely different energy. <laughs> I I yeah. really enjoyed 4.5 too. I haven't but, watched it, so I'm not judging it, but it's yeah. just that funny um they they the the 4.5 focuses a lot more on the um the one guy's dad that they bring dark, in dark shark dark shark, dark yeah. shark yeah they, they focus shark. a lot more on just messing with him like the last half of the movie is pretty much just them messing with him and he's great um well, okay um so go if you haven't seen jackass forever guys or ladies and gentlemen go 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 check it out uh david what what is your tower we can move on from jackass forever now i think yeah okay. So David, what is your top ten? I think by you, the way you just said, I have an idea of what your t- what your number ten is on this list. Uh, yeah. So uh, I mean, you guys did a whole episode on it, so I won't go on a a, a huge tangent. But uh, it, my number ten is X. So does anybody have X? Or, or I guess we could lump Pearl. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I, uh, or I, I, yeah, X is in my top twenty. I will say. Okay. Well, I mean, like I said, you guys did a whole episode on it, so I won't go like super in depth. Yeah. But um. I think I mean I was I was already hyped for Ty West coming back because House of the Devil was like one of my favorite like modern horror movies, mm-hmm. and I and it was cool you know from the trailer to say oh he's still trying to capture like that that old school aesthetic and I think he nails it in both yeah um and, you, and like I said you guys went into way more detail on the episode there so check that out if you guys want to hear more about the production yeah but I also thought um you know not just as a slasher like I, it delivers the genre goods like it's a fun genre movie but on top of that it's dealing with some interesting topics thematically and uh, and even like metatextually like uh as a movie on the movies right mm-hmm. uh you know this was the topic this month so uh it's it's interesting now that I'm thinking about it like and even looking at my list like, there was quite a few movies last year that 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 did this like the movies on movies aspect like yeah. I got a few others on here but um I thought X yeah had a had a really interesting angle and you know and still is a very effective slasher yeah um and I love how Ty West builds suspense visually. Mm. Uh, and one, one of the, my favorite shots from last year is that overhead shot where she's swimming and the and the gators chasing her. Yeah, and I thought I thought it was just brilliant. And like you know that could have just been a trailer shot, but he really holds on that for a long time. And, and there's many many great sequences. But yeah, yeah, I just had a lot of fun with it. And and again, it's it it could have just been slasher slock, but mm. I think he's aiming for a little bit more with it. And, and I enjoy I enjoyed Pearl as well. Uh, but I think I think I think knowing kind of like 
the events of X tainted Pearl a little bit mm. for me um, because it's like, did I really need her origin? But it's still a very fun movie, and her and Mia Goth's performance is like in both films, but yeah. in Pearl's especially, is like out of this, out of this world. Well, especially her as Pearl in X, like as as the older right, right. one is is like is is kind of insane. And like, I love the landslide s- sequence in that movie where it's like cutting back and forth between her older and then them like youthful youthfulness uh together it's it's yeah it's a great kind of sequence and then and then just gets it gets very gory and that and that back half it, get, it gets out there um tom she anything to say about x <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, and we got we got two of them. Is that we got two, we got two of them in the same year. Um, so my number 10, because I don't, I don't think either of y'all have seen it. Maybe I'm wrong. But my number 10 is actually Women Talking uh, from mm. Sarah Polly. And I, it's this was one that with the Oscars this past year, well, recording today, so we'll find out if they won anything today. Um, at least the nominations, it was one that was talked about before the nominations, but didn't seem like it had enough... Um, momentum and it pulled out a best picture nomination and a best adapted screenplay but like and it's one that i know when looking at the trailer it feels because everyone kind of critiques the the color grading on the trailer but the 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 look of it actually i think works for the movie and i think once you're in it 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 works for it is the thing and you're not and not really jarred bart at least i wasn't but the script is amazing i think the mm-hmm. cast is just fantastic with Rooney Mara and Claire Foy and Jesse Buckley like and then you have like Ben Shaw's in it and like and then you have Francis McDormand for a very brief kind of uh key kind of moments in the movie but like it's a film you know how we I love just kind of actors acting in a room together <laughs> and it really kind of works and what I was kind of uh impressed with was how it felt like Polly was trying to make a play version of like a Terrence Malick movie because there's moments where she has these, the edit, the editing choices they make in this movie where they intercut kind of images of other events happening while they're talking in the room or someone's kind of doing a monologue and you're seeing stuff outside of the farmhouse where they're kind of debating, um, the issue so basically the issue for those that haven't seen it is that uh the women in in this kind of um mennonite kind of religious colony uh they actually not mennonites but just a religious colony they're they're being drugged at night and sexually assaulted by some man or possible men uh in the colony and one of the men get caught and all the other men in the colony go to town to bail them out and bring them back to the colony. And the women have to choose between, do we stay and forgive them? Do we stay and fight 
to have a set of rules that we want or do we leave the colony as a whole and then the, the kind of like four families with the kind of the main woman in the families come to this farmhouse and debate what they should do because when they do when, they, when the whole women of the colony vote it's a tie basically and they have to kind of decide what should we do as so these 12 women this is basically almost like 12 angry men in a way as well it's like almost like a courtroom type thing we're debating what are the pros and cons of staying what are the pros and cons of leaving and it's it's the different personalities are great and the actresses are great in it and it's somewhat shocking when you kind of find out when this is taking place is kind of the thing um but yeah i just i was very i was somewhat surprised because it didn't have a lot of buzz from people i knew uh and it was also one of the one that was hard to find if you didn't see it in theaters and i ended up really liking it was the thing so hopefully it wins something at the oscars tonight or if not hopefully people find find it more i think it's on prime now just for like a short time because of the oscars um but yeah it's worth checking out it didn't really end up having like much of a theater push at all i feel like because that was when i had had my eye on yeah they really botched it yeah but you sold me with the terrence mallet quote so it's it's not like as big but they have kind of like a young girl narrating it and i was like oh this is like days of heaven this is like Mm -hmm. uh badlands even where it's it's this kind of child perspective of the events occurring in front of them and so with that and kind of the editing choices, I was like, oh, this feels like if Terrence Malick was like limited to just do like a, a play, what he would try to turn that play into for a film, um, mm-hmm. which I found kind of fascinating. But that's my, my number 10. So David, let's move, or Ta- Thomas, let's move to your number nine. Uh, I have a feeling somebody else might have this a little bit higher. So so we'll just bring it up here and, and you can talk about it later. Mm-hmm. I've got Avatar Way of Water at nine. That yeah, nope. that's well, yeah. My it's my next one. It's my eight. So what we can it's your eight. All right, we can, we can wait. We can wait, and we'll discuss it there. Um, okay. And David, what is your nine? My number nine is Decision to Leave, uh, Park Jane Wook film. Yeah, I haven't seen nope. that one yet. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. So I uh, so basically anyone that like uh, all my you know a lot of my friends if they know my taste they are always like dude you gotta get into Park Jane Wook like mm-hmm. you're gonna love his movies but like and I've tried multiple I mean obviously I really respect Old Boy it's a great film. But other than that, like every one that I'd watched, I was kind of lukewarm on it. So I, I, they were like, he's catered to your taste. So I don't know why you don't like him. <laughs> but so I was like trying to find the one that will like unlock it for me. And I, I think it might have been Decision to Leave. So um, it's, it's, it starts as like a traditional like detective mystery. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into this distorted Hitchcockian romance. Uh, and it's, it's a really strange uh wait like the twist and turns it, it takes some really strange turns but it's and it gets a little convoluted but it's a lot of fun uh really uh, really well shot um and you know i and i uh i think it just proves that wook is without a question like one of the great modern visualists um but like uh it basically prompted me to kind of go back and watch some of his uh, other films so i finished off the vengeance trilogy mm-hmm. and i would also like to highlight uh sympathy for mr vengeance which i think might actually be better than old boy personally um but it but it does some s- similar things stylistically to what this does uh-huh. so it was interesting to see him play with that that early on in in, in his uh, filmography but yeah i definitely highly recommend it i think you'll enjoy it brandon yeah. for for totally for, for the hitchcockian ang- angle but it's also just a really really well made uh mystery and a very engaging very depressing I- ending as well yeah I feel I feel like from what I know of it, I think Thomas would also like it too because what I kind of hear comparisons to is like it feels like a Vertigo type movie in a way like or kind of I guess Vertigo is one of the big examples people kind of bring up when talking about it. Um, 
uh, I guess there's like an obsession of some kind that's involved in it, maybe from what I gather. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah. So yeah, and, and with with the kind of detective aspect, I love I love that. So I'm excited to see it. It's it's one that I've come close to watching several times uh, leading up to the Oscars, but it didn't get nominated for anything, and that's that's the sad part. Sometimes when it doesn't get nominations, it doesn't get discovered as much last minute because I like my letterbox the past few days has just been people catching up on oscar movies and that's mm-hmm. the one benefit to getting those nominations that more people see your stuff and there could either be a more praise for it or in some cases there becomes more of a backlash uh like i remember mm-hmm. when lolly was nominated everyone was just like this is the one everyone likes all of a sudden like, <laughs> like, people were just so upset by it um but yeah um my number nine i know is not in anyone's top ten <laughs> um and and I, I almost apologize for putting it in here, Thomas. Is that and that's a uh, that's Elvis. Um, <laughs> Elvis is my number nine. Um, it might be shocking to some people that listen. Uh, my mom is probably upset by me putting it in my number nine, but because um, she didn't like like the movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's one I I went in with very low expectations because I really did not think it would work for what I was hoping it to be, and. Even while I think Baz Luhrmann does all the biopic tropes of a movie, <laughs> he like just bulldozes through them to like almost like, hey, well, we have to cover this, but don't pay attention to it. I'm gonna, I'm just going to make it look really good while I'm doing it is what it feels like. And it wouldn't be here for me if it wasn't for Austin Butler, because Austin Butler, I think really holds that movie together and i just had and, and because and because i've watched a lot of elvis and all of his movies and all of his concert films i think the back half of him when he's older for a guy of his age really nails the the nuances of elvis presley as he gets older and mm-hmm. i was very impressed by that tom hanks as colonel tom parker might be another thing uh as a whole but I also my argument to that, while I don't really like it, I don't fully blame Hanks for that because I feel like in a in a Lerman style movie, he's gonna have some cartoonish villain. Like it was gonna mm-hmm. be that way the entire time. So I think for what the movie was going for, I think Hanks achieves what they were going for. It might not have been the best choice, but I think stylistically is great. I think um the the details that Lerman gets in terms of just like the 68 special in terms of like how they design everything. Cause I've seen like other biopics that cover similar things with Elvis and they look horrible with how they cover certain like of the, of the period piece stuff, but they really kind of nail the look of those, the, those eras that it kind of captures. So I liked it. Should it be in my number nine? I don't know, but I was highly entertained and I was not bored when I watched it in theaters and I was just still thought about it later and I had multiple calls from people who were like, okay, let's let's talk about Elvis because I have no one no one else I know knows Elvis as much <laughs> as you do. Um so yeah, that's my number nine. So Thomas, oh. you're yeah, uh, y- y'all's thoughts on Elvis, I know. I love no, no, it no, more than both of y'all I know. I know, yeah. but I but I still liked it, yeah. and, and and not only that, I think it kind of turned me around on Boz Lerman, like because I, uh, I, I think his style just sometimes is like too much for me, but I think it really worked with with uh, in the case of Elvis. So yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed a, it. 
not a Lerman fan, but this one was probably the most palatable for me of, of many of his recent movies. Yeah. Um, I, it's, so, it's, it's, yeah. And, and Butler's part of that. Yeah. But, Butler's definitely captivating. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, star making performance. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think it's probably the best acting performance in a, in a, let me rephrase a best acting performance in a Lerman film I've seen. Cause I haven't seen, I guess, is it center stage is his first one. Is that the first one he did? That was before. That, that um, was before Romeo and Juliet. Uh, oh, what was Ballroom? Ballroom. Uh, ballroom. Strictly, ballroom. Strictly, ball- strictly Ballroom. Strictly Ballroom. Thank you. Center stage is a different movie. But Strictly Ballroom. I haven't seen that one. But ba- it I like Strictly Ballroom. Yeah. But it is, there's, no, there's not any performances of note in that <laughs> one. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I know everyone's like, oh, you and McGregor, Nicole Kidman, and Moulin Rouge. But Butler, I just, it's, it's, I almost, I talked about this coming out of it. It's like sometimes you almost wish that his performance was in a better film sometimes. I know I'm putting mm-hmm. it still at my number nine, even with me saying that statement, but it's just, yeah, well, I think he really I think there's it. also a question of, you know, could, is it, is it so good? Is it so effective because it is essentially, he's given the ability to play Elvis like a character actor because yeah. Tom Hanks shoulders the movie. You know, is that is that like the necessary evil is like if Austin Butler was the lead, would the movie have been as good? And would that performance ring is true? I don't know. That's it's because it's what what I kind of say with Elvis is like it's basically it's it's the rock and roll version of Amadeus is kind of what I see it as in a Mm -hmm. way is the way they do it, where it's like it's Salieri talking about Mozart and how great Mozart is and how they can use it in some way or or whatever. Um but in the case of Amadeus, where Salieri is the more interesting character. Yeah, no one no one talks. I mean, Tom Holtz deserves more recognition for Amadeus. Yeah. Everybody talks about F. Murray Abraham. Yeah, but like Tom Holtz is great in it. But because he's just at a little bit more of a distance um, and Abraham is, is more interesting because I think probably he's a more subtle character. It's actually the opposite because Holtz is the more over the top character, not over the top in a bad mm-hmm. way, but he's the more uh almost outlandish character uh in Amadeus when Salieri is the more subtle nuanced inward character and with Elvis yeah. it's kind of the opposite there where Hanks is the more outlandish uh character and and uh Elvis uh is is the more complex individual because it's it's better it's sometimes better that he's at a distance as you're saying like would it have worked mm-hmm. if we're more looking at him as the lead character it, it could be a different film. So, yeah. So, Thomas, what, right. what is your eighth, eighth choice? Uh, my eight is Nope. Okay. Anybody got that high? I have that high. Okay. All right. Okay, we'll get there. Uh, David, what is your what is your eighth pick? Uh, my eighth pick is RRR. Uh, did, did, do either of you have that on your list or have you seen it? I have not seen it yet. I haven't, I haven't carved out enough time to. That's <laughs> no, totally, totally valid. So the good thing is I saw it like in the midst of the. Well, I, I mean, not the, sorry, I shouldn't say in the middle of the hype because it was pretty early on. But uh, but basically, so oh, I do want to preface this. So when I first visited L.A., um, I went to see Mission Impossible Fallout at the Cinerama Dome, and I was wearing my Mad Max Fury Road shirt. And the guy working the concession stand, he just kept going on and on about how Mad Max Fury Road was an opera. And for years, I was like, what the hell was he talking about? And I didn't get I didn't get what he meant until I saw RRR. Um, it's, it's just such a grand 
grand movie. And now, now that he said that, I was like, oh, okay, that connects. Now I get what he meant by Mad Max because he wasn't saying operatic. He was literally explaining how it is an opera. Um, and I had seen a few like Bollywood movies prior to this, but nothing on this level. Um, and just seeing that in an audience or with a crowd, everybody getting into it. I mean, it was like the Beyond Fest audience, mm-hmm. so you kind of can expect. Um, I mean, that was top three theater experiences for me last year, up there with the the Beatles concert in uh, IMAX and uh, the Batman. Uh, But yeah, uh, it's just insane action, a great story of friendship. And yeah, the whole like second half is just some of the most insane, insane battle sequence or like fight sequences you'll you'll ever see. Um, But yeah, I get get that the the length, but like I said, seeing it in a theater with a crowd, it was, there was just nothing like it. That was like, yeah, easily one of the best experiences last year. So I have to put on there for that alone. Yeah. And that's what I've heard from everyone is just like, you have to, that's the, I want to see it in theaters. Like every time it comes into LA, for a special screen it sells out almost immediately is the thing uh it's not one of like oh i'll buy a ticket the day of it's like it's gone like that it feels like everyone wants to see it in theaters is the thing yeah and even when i had so i saw like i saw it in the summer so like it had gotten some buzz but it yeah. wasn't like playing like it's been playing now like in bigger theaters yeah. but when i saw it they even asked like how many times have you all seen this if people were raising their hands like five six seven times i mean it, it was on netflix <laughs> yeah. at that point so they i guess they just kept watching it at home but i was like jesus christ have you already seen this <laughs> seven times uh but yeah i it, yeah i mean people were getting into it people weren't like dancing up front like i've seen lately on twitter uh but but people are getting definitely getting into the not to not to song yeah. so I'm, I'm hoping that wins the oscar tonight <laughs> let's hope let's hope you'll know when this comes out if it won or not um but yeah it's one i've been wanting to see it's 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 on it's on my like big watch list of 2022 of movies to catch up on uh, yeah if you can't see it with in a theater i i'd at least recommend seeing it like with a group of friends yeah. I, th- I think that'll add to the experience but again yeah like Dub said you do have to carve out was like three hours and eight minutes or some, something there is it there is an intermission so there's a there's this this year this year in movies it was like everything's two and a half to three hours long it feels like a lot of the time um as we continue to go uh specifically with my with my next pick being avatar the way of water but Thomas, you picked it first, so I'll let you kind of take the floor here. Why is why was Avatar at your number nine? I was I was a doubter, <laughs> which which is weird because I love James Cameron. Yeah. I love James Cameron, but I have always felt like the original Avatar kind of sat outside of his of, yes. of his like uh, portfolio. You know, it, it didn't re- the the first one to me didn't really feel like a James Cameron movie that much. Yeah. And I get that he's like obsessed with the technology and all that kind of stuff. And that rings true for him. But this one felt like a James Cameron movie for me, which just got me really hyped because we haven't, because of all this avatar stuff, we haven't had like a, just a James Cameron movie in, in decades. Yeah, yes. Uh, so, you know, it was just like the, the, you know, the final act alone was just this insane, like Cameron mayhem uh, fight ship sinking everything mm-hmm. going on all at once and i was i was just i was there for it and yeah. i saw it it was like an 11 o'clock screening after i worked a full day and i was just like on the edge oh of my, my seat God. I, you I watched was never... 11... <laughs> okay yeah yeah we didn't get out until like 2 a.m yeah. wow. um but uh but yeah i i, I had always and, and and every time he was like oh i've got like five more of these to do i was like there's no there's no story there yeah. like it was like everyone's everyone said endless amount of times. It's just like Pocahontas. It's dances with wolves. But uh, this no, one, f- one. Yeah, this one felt like watching this one. I was like, oh, the first one was like a pilot. It was like a proof of concept. Yeah. And now we get all these new characters. We get all these new worlds. Uh, and I, I thought the characters were compelling. I've seen people be like, oh, there's not even as much story in this one as there was in the last one. But I I, I found the new people compelling. I'm, I'm all in for teenage Sigourney yeah. Weaver. Yeah. 
um I, I, i'm all in for for these whales saved whales you know i, I, I had a blast <laughs> yeah i was when i saw it in theaters because i saw it literally like two weeks ago i saw it very late and it's i was i was helping with the box office run with its kind of longevity mm-hmm. yeah um but we saw it and i i feel like i liked it the most out of my uh the group that was there because i i was enthralled by the visuals but yeah i the performance i i love sigourney weaver as as a like at first i was like this can't work right <laughs> and it somehow does and it's so weird to think how how well it works and like you could say oh well they, they cop out and they bring like Stephen lang back and they have to create this whole thing and but i think he's still great as a villain i still love the like the drama they create at the end with his character and like spider his like his son basically spoiler it's his son um if yeah i apologize if you haven't seen it yet um and you wait like me but it's just the way they build those characters is i think was great i mean i think the middle drags a little bit but it's also like it almost kind of becomes like a hangout film for like that middle part where like they're just like yeah and that, the that's world. the point when like the water stuff is so well done yeah. that i i you know didn't yeah. even notice that that the story had kind of fallen off yeah but yeah. then like because i was like i remember like having to like i need to go to the bathroom real quick and then like the last hour kicks and i'm like well i can't leave now because that last <laughs> hour is just like a train going downhill full force like he he sh- the way he crafts that like hour-long climax is just amazing and some might argue like it, it kind of has like at certain points it's almost kind of crazy like everything bad is just happening to them that last hour we're like oh, oh there's there several this. times we're like all right we're all clear of the ship oh no wait one person went back yeah. okay we all have to go back for that one person <laughs> <laughs> but i'm just like yeah let's keep let's going keep let's keep going let's keep going down 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 this rabbit hole yeah so i i was yeah i was impressed by it and 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 i when we did our james cameron episode that was when i kind of reevaluated my my viewpoint on cameron because I was the same way as you, Thomas. So I was like, "Why are you doing this, James? Like, you don't need to. Like, you've done it. You, you like go make some other James. Like, give me, give me another True Lies. Give me another Abyss, even. And um, when you kind of realize what he, kind of his vision for it, it, it you kind of understand why he wants to keep doing it. And also in comparison to kind of our, our modern blockbuster, Cameron still shows that he can direct action even in a vision in a, in a CG space or whatever mm. better than any other director out there. Um, I feel so. So yeah. Uh, David, cause I know it's not in your top 10, but what are your, what- <laughs> I, no, I mean, I still really liked it. I don't think I connect with the Sigourney Weaver character, the kids as much as you guys How did, dare you? but I am, <laughs> I mean, no, but, but no, no, but I think I am interested to see where they take it. And I think, I think honestly, by the time like four or five rolls around, I will reevaluate this one because I'll be like, okay, now I know where they're going. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, but I, yeah, I, the Sigourney Weaver thing, it, it rubbed me the wrong way both times. I just got to be honest, but I, I, <laughs> I, I'm not blaming her. It's just so strange, like conceptually, uh-huh. but, uh, but I do love Stephen Lang yeah. uh, and I'm glad they brought him back and, and they found a way to, cause, cause that was something they didn't really reveal in the trailer. So I was kind of like, wait, why is he revealing these, this in the interview? Yeah, he really why is he saying granted it is in the you know like first or like couple of scenes yeah. but um yeah i still i mean i i still really enjoyed it and like you guys said like that last battle is just insane and the way it just keeps mounting the stakes and he, and even though in a way he like I, i've seen this criticism too he's like oh he's revisiting 
plot elements from like all of his yeah. movies, but it's like it works though. It's like he keeps he keeps just stacking it, yeah. and uh, he's brilliant at that. Yeah. He's brilliant at that. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think as the kids grow older, I'll, I'll grow more fond mm-hmm. of them. <laughs> yeah, and I know as Thomas said, but like, I remember he texted me afterwards that he's like, it's actually the most James Cameron movie that James Cameron's ever made, probably with like it's got everything. It's got everything, it's got everything you, you ever loved about yeah. James Cameron movie. A bunch of mercenaries going into like a a, a foreign land. You have a ship sinking. Yeah, water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's everything. I, I honestly want a whole spinoff movie of just that guy haunting the whale. You know, now mm. that it's taken his arm. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said it's Cameron says they're coming back, and you know what's interesting? Actually, it sounds like he's genuinely taking feedback. So I, I am curious to see how that affects the you know the rest. Yeah. Of the yeah. So. Yeah, I was I was very surprised that time he was like, I can end it at three if people don't want me to make any more. I've I've like built in a kill switch where three can just be the last movie and, and now and I, that that was like right before the movie came out i was like okay well yeah. you know i'm that sounds good let's see how this goes yeah. and now i'm like all right let's go he kinda said, he's like you're getting three either way oh so i i heard an interview with him and i can't remember if it was three or four he was talking about but he said there's going to be a time jump so i i'm yeah. fascinated by that as well it's um, got to be four because they shot be, two and three yeah, back shot, to back right so the yeah. kids will yeah the kids and, will that's, what, that's right that's what he said because he said like we shot the beginning of four because i think the first act still takes place while they're young and then it's going to be like a time jump so mm-hmm. that'll be fascinating to see if if we if we get to that so they probably already shot the beginning of four if need be is what it sounds like no no, no that, that's exactly what he was yeah, saying yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um because the kids because that again we talked about with scream earlier it's like maybe before the show started but like how old that guy has gotten already uh yeah. is the thing um, all right, so we're on, is it seven? We're on seven now? Yep. Thomas, what is mm-hmm. your seventh seventh movie? Uh, I've got The Northman. That's higher for me. All yeah. right. David was like, I don't think you guys are going to have The Northman. I was like, oh, Thomas is going to have The Northman on his list. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you still haven't seen it I yet. I haven't seen it yet. That's great. All right, got to sell him on it, Thomas. Okay. we got to mm-hmm. sell him. Uh, David, what is your seventh pick? My number seven is uh, Correa's Broker. That's now on my yeah, list. I yeah, I yeah, I've I've been wanting to see that. That one has not come to Atlanta at all. Yeah, so luckily the new art played it. Yeah, uh, and it played it when for, I was out of town for like over the holidays. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, but um, so basically, I uh, so I didn't. I, I'd seen. I think I'd seen one Corey film prior to this. Well, prior to like going to see Broker, and then I ended up watching um, Shoplifters right before. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. uh, but it has a very interesting like setup. So basically, like um. The two, the two leads. So Song Kang Ho and the other lead, they were uh, work for like this church where they drop off babies, basically, and um, where well, people can drop off their mm-hmm. babies if they, if you know if they don't want to. So uh, they, but they they work to their job or their illegal activity basically is they would steal the babies and and sell them on the on the black market. So like you hear that setup and you're like, oh wow, this could this is probably gonna be a pretty dark movie. Mm-hmm. But it's actually like a really heartwarming story, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it turns into a road trip because basically this woman drops her baby off, uh-huh. and then after they kind of like started their whole process, she realizes, okay, actually I don't, I, you know, I want to be involved in this process. So she tags along for the road trip, and there's a, another character that joins along the way that I don't want to spoil. But yeah, it's it's a great story, and and he's re- created is really great at, at the three films that I've seen now at, at building these kind of makeshift families and i think that's why it really touched me um but yeah and like i said Sun kang ho he's one of my favorite modern actors so i'll see him in anything but i think he gives a great performance here and i'm, I'm really sad that he's not getting more recognition but also the, the film as an as a overall is not getting more conversation mm-hmm. yeah uh, because it was it was nominated for the palm d'or but mm-hmm. yeah it kind of came and went shoplifters won right shoplifters won. won the palm d'or yeah 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 and yeah. i think shoplifters won best international feature if i'm not mistaken at, at the oscars or at least it was nominated I know it was nominated. I feel like it didn't. Give me a second. I'm going to find this Wind, out real quick. Uh, it was nominated. You're right. Um, let me see. What? 
one that year. I thought it was like the one of the fa it was one of the favorites at least. I know. All right, give me where's the where's the list? No, I don't want that. I don't want that. Oh, give me the countries. Twenty eighteen. Oh, Roma won that year. Mm. Yeah, tough break. Tough yeah, everybody break. thought Roma was going to get Best Picture, and then Shoplifters would get uh, International. Yeah, but you know, it went to Green Book. Um, <laughs> and uh, was that is that it on Broker, uh, David? Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I I think um, so. I I I didn't love Shoplifters as much as a lot of people mm -hmm. did. So going into it, I was like, I was kind of worried because sometimes, like with that patient style, it can you know it yeah. it can. As a viewer, I, I realize that's my bias, but yeah. I, I think I think this movie really moves, and I was I was really shocked. Yeah. And also, it's interesting because it's a it's set in in Korea, but he is a Japanese filmmaker, mm -hmm. so it's interesting to see that perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. All right. So my seven uh, is Babylon. Damien Chazelle's Babylon. Uh, <laughs> I was I I was not really interested in this movie before it came out. Like I was because. Even when they announced it, I was like, really, Damien, why are you doing this? Like, cause it, the pitch was like, oh, it's about 1920s, like transition from, from, from silent to sound. And I was like, haven't we done this before? Like several times we did the artist, we did a, uh, uh singing in the rain. Like, is there a way to top this? And so I went in with, with low expectations. And then the trailer, I was like, okay, this, it seems fine. And I had several like, film critics that i follow who are really big into classic cinema and they were at first were like really dissing on it by the trailer like hey you should like talk to us because like we at least know about like classic cinema or whatever this is nothing like like what it actually was it feels like and then they both watched and they're like, oh my god this is exactly what it was like this was a perfect film <laughs> about this era and so i was like well i guess i have to see this now and I saw it like back when I was back home in in like Memphis area. I was in like I was in like a Mississippi a theater in Mississippi with two other people watching Babylon the last screening before it went out of theaters there, and I just like loved it. And I did not understand the hate around it. When I was like an hour in, I was like, "This movie's great," and I think Robbie's fantastic. I think Brad Pitt it gives a phenomenal performance in it. Um, and just the scale is insane. I just kept thinking to myself, how did Paramount give Damien Chazelle like a hundred million dollars to make this movie? It's just wild to me. And it, I think, and, and when the thing, what makes it so interesting to me is like, it feels like an, just a combination of all these different, like silent movie stories that, that were like in books. And cause he did so much research for it where like he captures things and like the critics when they're watching or like reviewing it sometimes are like, this seems unbelievable. This never happened. And then like, you can like go to a book and pinpoint the exact story that they're like saying didn't happen, how it happened, the way it's portrayed in the movie. Um, and yeah. And I think just the way it really, we're, again, we're talking about movies on movies this, this, uh, this month. And it really showcases the big theme we've been talking about is, is it all worth it? Um, that's a question that kind of, lies throughout that entire movie is, is it all worth it to be a part of this industry and you see the downsides of it and i think it's and it's a three-hour movie that i think is just a wild ride so check it out if you can't think it's streaming on paramount at the moment in time um so yeah 
that's my seven. I, I am very excited to see I, the first couple of reviews I saw come out are even just like tweets from people getting out of early screenings or like you're either going to love this yeah. or you're going to like loathe it. Yeah. And that that got me excited because I feel D- Giselle like Whiplash had such an edge to it. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like nothing he's done since then. I, I like I like La La Land, but there's there's no edge to La La Land. Yeah. And I, I mean, I even tried his like Netflix series and it was oh, yeah, just kind of dull. That jazz one. Um, yeah yeah so so to hear people coming out of it being like i hated that i'm like offended at it i was like okay all right, all right let's yeah, let's yeah. see this so yeah it, it's it's up there for me to check out because i know some people including you who like really loved it and then i know some people who said it was the worst movie they saw all year so i'm all i'm always down when when you when you see when you see like a one star and a five star on letterbox like back to back i'm like i'm i'm seeing that movie yeah. for sure and then david you're one of the few people that are just like yeah it was fine no, I mean I, I liked it. I like, it. and I think it has great moments. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the Spike Spike Jones, uh, you know, scene is great. I think it, the the transition to 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 sound is great. Yeah. I just think the movie overall is kind of uneven. But granted, I did see a test screening, you know, early on, and so I was kind of hoping he would chop it down a little bit. But it doesn't seem like he, <laughs> yeah. he made some minor changes. Let that thing stay. Seem like it, yeah. But you know what? Hell, I mean, I respect that. Hey, if you get if they give you that 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 swing, you take that swing. So I respect. Yeah, that he did, that's the, you know, that's so. the thing I say. Like he could have done something just like he could have gone and made a Marvel film. Not not to diss on Marvel, but Marvel being the generic term of like he could gone and made a DC film. He could have gone and made some IP somewhere. But he is like, no, no, no. Give me a hundred million dollars to make this movie with a bunch of movie stars, um, and really just showcase the characters of this era. And I thought. That's this is one that like when I say I like it, be like, well, why'd you like it? Is the thing, and they're just like, but what? But why do you care about these these characters? I was like, they're selfish. I was like, yeah, they're actors. They're gonna be selfish. What do you expect? Like, um, but yeah, I just I think and 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 actually it made me reevaluate La La Land specifically by this by how he does this movie. I was like, oh wait, I'm starting to see a theme here with his movies. That's more apparent um, after seeing Babylon. Like it wasn't as apparent with La Land and Whiplash, and I still haven't seen First Man. But from what I what I've heard, it has the same similar themes. Of the the big question is it all worth it? I think a lot of his movies. Is it all worth it? Is it is obsessing over this your art that could be being an astronaut, that could be being a filmmaker, that could be being a musician. Is it all worth it at the end of the day to lose out on things? And Babylon, I think, really puts that in perspective. And it brings in the whole ending of La La Land. If that's kind of the question at the end. Like, was it worth it to lose out on this relationship and love to chase the dream that we're going for? And I think that's that it actually makes what La La Land makes people think he's like a romanticized kind of perspective on it it makes me realize that La Land is a more cynical version than I initially thought it was is kind of the thing. So, yeah. Mm. All right. So, Tom, so Thomas, what is your number five? Oh, wait, six. We, 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 we skip six. six. Oh, oh, was that? That was seven. So, okay. Sorry. Six. Thomas, what's your six? six. Uh, I've got glass onion. That That is my six oh. as well. Hey, wow. all right. Yeah. Uh, so Thomas, go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm Ryan Johnson Stan have been for years and years and years mm-hmm. ever since brick. Uh, he's, he's rarely lost me. Not, not a huge brothers bloom guy, but, um, but everything else, it's just, he, he's someone who loves movies and loves 
like like he's someone who knows how to tell a story mm-hmm. and consistently pushes himself to tell a story differently and so you know it's always exciting to see something new out of him and and now that he's gotten to this point where actors obviously really want to work with him mm-hmm. and kind of just buy into to his whole thing and and obviously daniel craig has bought into it a hundred percent um so yeah i, I loved i loved knives out and uh glass on you maybe didn't i i still think knives out is a little bit better mm-hmm. for me but i i really really enjoyed the cast he got together for glass onion i i loved the way that he pushed himself to you know tell tell a mystery completely differently again like it just explore another new way yeah. to to do a, a, a murder mystery um and yeah every everybody and it's great but it's also just a pleasure to have daniel craig be benoit blanc anytime anytime we can get him um yeah that's 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 that covers i mean every it's it's an amazing ensemble cast yeah. and um janelle monet is is awesome in it and and everybody really shines and everyone it's just one of those movies you watch and you're like everybody had a really good time yeah. making this movie you can tell yeah, Janelle Monae, it was funny because we saw it in theaters and that was one of my favorite theater experiences in like from last year because it was one of the times where it was actually a packed house because it was Thanksgiving week, week basically and it was only showing in like a few theaters in LA. It was only showing for a week and just the way the crowd erupted like during certain scenes <laughs> was just amazing. And, and then this is because Thomas, we kind of talked about on the, on the main show briefly of like the idea nowadays of like what you gain from watching something in a theater versus watching it at home on streaming is that when when that was released on streaming, it's like the whole discourse changed around it. It felt like where it was like, oh, I don't get it. Like, what's going on? Like, what's happening here? But like in, because you're doing other things or whatever. But in theater, you're, you're, you're a captive audience based or you should be a captive audience. Um and mm-hmm. it yeah. felt like people were more invested in it when it came to streaming because glass Ryan Johnson as a whole, but glass specifically, he makes you work like he, mm-hmm. he, every word means something in his films. And if you're not paying attention for a moment, you're going to get lost very quickly. Um, he's someone where I think he's, he's like, again, his movies are active piece of cinema. Like you have to be paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think Last Jedi is that way. I think Poker Face on Peacock is that way. I love I loved Poker Face that he just did. He he directed a, directed a few episodes, wrote a few episodes. Um, but yeah, I think I just think he's a filmmaker. I'm continuing to respect more and more with every film he does. He keeps like you said reinventing a genre or telling his version of a story he loves. Um, and like you said, I can't wait to see four, five, six, seven more Knives Out stories <laughs> if we get that many. I don't care um but yeah david your thoughts on on glass onion i think you guys summed it up really well and yeah i'm excited to see more uh blanca adventures uh and i hope that they bring hugh grant back as well yeah shout out <laughs> hugh grant shout out hugh grant uh but yeah but i am excited to see you know who because he because he could just keep casting these things with you know but yeah. everybody so it's yeah. just exciting to be like oh wait, who's gonna be in the next you know? and like, i know like a so. lot of people want to work with daniel craig as well is the thing mm-hmm. and uh and like you said thomas i think I like Glass Onion. I don't know if I like it more than Knives Out, but I think someone brought up a good point. Why Knives Out is a little bit better is because like it's more of a like a, has the family aspect of it, and it's about the struggle in a family. When this is more mm-hmm. just about like just the rich people, basically. 
Knives mm-hmm. Out's also rich people, but it's 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 going through the whole like the brothers and sisters and the 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 sons and daughters of the rich father and all these different things. It has more of a family conflict in, involved than Glass Onion. Glass Onion's just more of a more more of a straight I don't say straight who done it, but more of just a who done it, uh, and more about money is essentially what it is. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. So David, what's your sixth? Nope. All right. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, and Thomas, where did, where did you have that? I had it at eight. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I mean, this movie's just so fun, dude. And it, and I think this summer, I, I uh, you know, I felt like we were kind of lacking, outside of Top Gun Maverick, I felt like we were kind of lock, lacking in blockbusters until this point. Uh, so I was, like, watching a bunch of, like, my, of my favorites at, at home. I was, like, I was really hoping we could get, like, a big summer movie. And then when Nope came out, it just, like, it just knocked me out. Um, and I, it's funny because I had seen a test screening months earlier, and I was sort of sort of lukewarm on it. But I think seeing it the second and especially the third time, it really clicked. Like, everything really clicked for me. Um, and, yeah, I like its comments on the industry as well. Uh, you know, again, how this ties into our, our theme this month. Uh, great performances. And, it, like I said, it's just a lot of fun. And I think Peel, especially, he's really good at setups and payoffs. And he's really good at, like, building effective set pieces. Mm-hmm. But the set pieces are always – like, the character decisions within those set pieces are always based in the, the characters that are set up. Like, it didn't – feel none of, that, none of that third act felt forced or anything. Mm-hmm. It, it was just, like you know, it's perfect, perfectly built to that moment. And it also didn't feel like – Oh no, we got to stop the giant world destruction. Like it's just them versus the threat, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think they do a great job there. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I had a lot of fun with it. And, and again, I, I think on rewatches it, it even grew for me. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I you know I've I've really enjoyed both of Peel's uh, last two movies. I think I, I liked Us a little bit better than I think the general population did. But um, you know, he's his whole kind of thing is with Get Out and, and Us and then obviously kind of rebooting the Twilight Zone is he's been very like Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. His his last two movies felt very much like like the Twilight Zone. And then I, I didn't know a whole lot. I, I missed this one in theaters and then I watched it as soon as it came out on streaming and got, you know, a little bit into it and was kind of like readying myself for like a Get Out kind of experience and i I don't i don't know exactly when it hit me but i was like this is jaws this is jordan peele doing like jaws in close encounters this is him doing spielberg Mm -hmm. um and and it felt so fresh from him i I mean it still felt like like him but it it felt like something completely new than what he had delivered uh to us in the past two movies because i I think you know us was kind of close to get out in, in kind of the tone and everything um but yeah, it's just just an absolute blast, and he, he's obviously someone who really understands. Um, we've talked a lot about kind of people who understand comedy also tend to understand horror. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody has uh, this higher on their list, but but I felt the same way with Barbarian this year with Zach Kreger, who mm-hmm. also came from a sketch background, and and just like Jordan Peele is is now doing horror. Um, but yeah, it was yeah, it's just it's it's peel doing spielberg that and that and that brand of kind of spielberg horror that he doesn't really do anymore but that like 80s kind of even you know things like poltergeist and and it it so it felt new but it also felt nostalgic and yeah great cast everything had a had a blast yeah it's one i i, I would i want to rewatch, and i it's still in my outside my top 10 but yeah, I loved. I mean, I really loved Dan Kaluuya in that movie. Like, I think, mm-hmm. and Kiki Palmer's fantastic, and she gets all the praise she's she's got. She deserves all the praise she's received for this movie. But Dan Kaluuya is just, he. He's an actor that. I mean, I. 
when comparing like people have talked about like John David Washington or Michael B. Jordan is kind of the modern day Denzel. I feel like Kalua might be that guy because he gives such a range of performances where he can be this menacing character and like widows, but then can play this kind of like quiet, like subtle character and Nope. Like he, yeah. he, he, he's like, he's a shy character in Nope. And that's, what's so fascinating. And then, or even like juice and the black Messiah, where he's not a shy character by any means. Or then you have just get out where he's kind of your every man, like, or he, he's becoming an interesting every man actor is, is what I'm kind of say is that he just has these qualities that I think everyone can relate to or know someone that's like, like, I feel like, well, I'm not involved in a heist world, like in widows, there's been some people that are, I've known who are like that character. Um, and yeah, I just, I find him as a, just a fascinating actor. We could see more of as time goes on. And I love this, partnership that he has with jordan peele basically and i hope to see more from them um and yeah just just a it's a wild ride like it's it's one it kind of came out it, it, i guess it was still in the pandemic technically uh in the summer but it was like one of the kind of the that and like maverick were kind of the two big ones that kind of brought mm-hmm. people back to the movies it felt like from like yeah. people in my I mean group. it's a, like the you know it's it's a movie that's literally about spectacle yeah. so yeah. so it kind of demands to be seen I agree. on the screen I agree All right what's next 5 5 Did you do what was your 6 Did you do 6 Glass Onion was my 6 Glass Onion was, was your 6 yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah we tied All right 5 yeah. we're in the top 5 the top now five. let's go What's your 5 Thomas I have a feeling it's since it hasn't come up yet. I've got a feeling everybody else has this higher, but I've got uh, the Batman uh, at oh, five. That is my five as well, Thomas. <laughs> We're pretty close together. I feel like. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it a few. Okay. Higher. All right. Okay. So 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 then my five. What's your right? five? Yeah. What's mm-hmm. your fifth one? Uh, the the whale. Um, okay. And so yeah, going into the whale, uh, you know, I'd read some like early reactions on Twitter, yeah. and it seems like it's kind of cycled back. <laughs> like it started like, with people dunking yeah. on it, and then people were like, "Oh wait, this is actually better than I expected." And it so back. I caught it in like that yeah. wave, yeah. Um, but yeah, and I, you know, I don't know. I, I think, it, you know, Aronofsky's, I guess you can include the Fountain as well, but at least his last three films mm-hmm. ha- have been pretty divisive. Um, so I, you know. But I, I really connected with it. Um, I think, you know, Fraser's performance is great. I like its exploration of grief. Mm-hmm. And I get people that going into it, they're like, they, I guess they wanted more of a movie as opposed to like, it's literally a, a film to play. Yeah. But I think Aronofsky still does some interesting things with the camera and the blocking and, and whatnot. Um, but I have, to be fair, I've also avoided interviews with him because I feel like that would taint my how I feel about the movie a little bit. Oh, Aronofsky. <laughs> but no, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think no, but I think Fraser's performance deserves all the accolades. I think Hung Chow is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, I just I really liked the story and I, I liked you know how it played out and uh, yeah, and I think again I think he, I think he does do some interesting vi- things visually. He could have just staged it like the play and shot a wide shot and some close ups and called it a day, right? But yeah. maybe he didn't do that. So. No, Fra- Fraser is 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 really incredible in this, and there's a reason it's been like a two way or three way race with the Oscars this year. Um, and yeah, it's 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 a really um, heartfelt movie. It feels like it's a it's a very emotional film. And yeah, that I agree, David. Like when it first came out, people were just really hating on it, uh, but still praising his acting a lot of the time. Like he's great, but I hate the movie. And when it got released, it kind of showed you the kind of the negativities of film Twitter because 
when it came out, people were loving it, but film Twitter was hating it. And like, it's still pretty high on like letterbox right now at 3.7, which is somewhat surprising. Um, but yeah, I did see a TikTok day where they're like, Oh, this movie's tar- horrible. This, the script's terrible. But I, yeah, I never found that way. I thought it was a really great performance piece by everyone involved. I like Aronofsky stuff. Like, like I know we, Thomas and I love mother and we've, we've revisited it on the show. Um, and I love the wrestler. Um, I don't love Noah. That's the one that's, that doesn't get me that much. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's great that he's kind of doing after mother, this kind of, that was a contained movie in some way. He's doing a really contained movie with the whale and it feels very different for his, his usual kind of filmography. So yeah. All right. So Thomas, what is your, is that on the whale you want to talk about, David? I want to make sure. I yeah, yeah. I, I haven't had a chance to see the whale yet, yeah, yeah. but very excited to. Okay. Uh, so so Thomas, what's your four? My four is uh, is Pearl. Oh, oh okay. okay. That was right outside my top ten. Uh, I I don't uh, you know I I did the I, I wrote the script for the episode that we did on X and Pearl, and I just I I just love the fact that Pearl exists yeah. is something that, that really endears it to me. You know, just the idea that you're making this movie and you're just like, Oh my God, this actress is so talented. Mm-hmm. I just gotta just, just have to give her her spotlight yeah. and just shine it on her. And she absolutely Mia goth just lives up to it completely. I, I can't think of the last time. I, I mean, I guess maybe the whale with Brendan Fraser, but, but you know, this idea that like Mia goth had been around, like yeah. I, I, I was aware of Mia goth and then this movie just dropped and everybody was like, Oh my God, Mia goth. She's just like, a, and now she's had an infinity pool this year. She's become like this horror superstar yeah. out of, out of nowhere. But, um, but yeah, I, I and, and I, I, I think, I think we talked about it on the podcast a little bit, but I, I think Ty West kind of nails the, the, atmosphere of x a little bit more but that performance yeah. from mia goth is just everything in this movie and 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 it's bold and it's it's fun and um yeah I, it was it was a, it was an interesting pick for me as i was just kind of going around on letterbox and like shuffling up and down yeah. i just pearl kept like shuffling its way up higher on my list and i was like how high is this gonna go we'll see <laughs> but um yeah it's one that's that's really stuck with me yeah i she's she's really great in that film and like i i yeah, we almost need to change our X episode to X and Pearl episode on the title because we kind of talked about both. Because <laughs> we had, we had both just watched, watched both, it like yeah, the night before. Yeah, so let's talk about both. Um, but yeah, I love I love the kind of choice to go with that Wizard of Oz Technicolor aesthetic. Um, and you really have to watch them kind of in a pair of just how well some might not like this, but how well Ty West can recreate or um. Re- yeah recreate these kind of eras of filmmaking in the films and i and en- i enjoy both x and pearl for those reasons some do not um but yeah i i i really yeah it's it's a tour de force from her from goth david your thoughts on pearl yeah i, I mean i think i think did we need an origin not necessarily <laughs> but i think it, but no 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 but but i think i think it's a very effective yes. you know movie and i and i think it de- definitely uh it, it proved why why it why he wanted to make it and why Mia Goth wanted to make you know I think you know it's very effective very well shot yeah. like you said I, and it's interesting how different the aesthetic is yeah. um and that they were able to pull both those off that quickly you know 
with you know those productions literally happening back to back yeah. mm-hmm. pretty wild and just um, like just dropping we talked about this yeah. in the podcast but just how crazy it was that we got a sequel to a movie within the same year yeah. just yeah. <laughs> and that was the thing too is like when the x came out they were like oh there's like oh there's a teaser at the end we we're like Wait, what are they talking about and then it's like oh and then that then it was like oh that's the pearl teaser yeah. there's all it's already been shot it's already finished it's coming out this year it's like wait what yeah Crazy. Thanks, James Cameron, um, for making that happen with Avatar Two, yeah, Avatar right, Two right. going on hiatus or whatever, or Avatar going on hiatus. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I it's 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 one. It, it, I say I saw Pearl before I saw X, so I, I had a very interesting thing where when I watched X, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's the alligator from this part, or that's like she never left when she thought she always would. It's, it, it was an interesting kind of dyna- dynamic or experience to watch it in that way when everyone else did the other way usually um so yeah and yeah i think we were talking about the other night it's like well if somebody hasn't seen either i don't know which one i would suggest to watch Mm -hmm. first honestly i think i think either way i think you gain something from from either way right right. but you're gonna like one of them a little bit more i feel like but but they're they're very much you know cut from the same cloth and again yeah it's 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 awesome that they both exist i feel like so Uh, like when when the hell do we get that kind of a trilogy you know mm -hmm. i agree uh david what's your what's your four what's your fourth uh fableman's I have it higher. Okay, I have yeah. it higher. I have it higher. I know Thomas will be thrilled uh, to hear us talk about it. Um, my four, I know, is higher on everyone else's. Uh, uh, Banshees of Inisherin is my number four. I've I've got it higher. Okay. Yes. I, yeah, I did. I, too I as think well. I know where David has it. Um, okay. So Thomas, what is your number three? I've got Banshees of Inisherin. Okay. So we can is it, is it, kick I that off <laughs> further down the line. You have it higher, David. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, so David, what is your what is your three? My three is the Batman. Okay. So talk now about, we talk, now talk about, about Batman. So go ahead, David. But we all three have it on yeah, our list. It was, it was, yeah, it was my number five. It was yeah, we both had five. five. Yeah, yeah. Oh right, right, right. Okay. Um, I mean, what what can I say? It was everything I've ever wanted in a in a Batman movie. I mean, like I loved the Dark Knight trilogy, but like, yeah, he, they don't really focus on the detective aspect, right? And I think, I mean, he does some some of that, but it, this whole movie is literally like an investigation. So, it, it, and I think not only that, it's a compelling investigation, and it holds up on rewatches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw a quote from Deacons today, and too. he said yeah, yeah. it's the best best shot movie of the, year, and I I don't disagree. Um, great score. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like just a, uh, you know, like we can't t- talk about the performances enough either. I mean, they brought these characters to life. They brought this grungy, like neo, you know, uh, noir vibe to the city, and it's it's just a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I I, uh, yeah. I remember seeing. I remember Matt Reeves talking about like making it as it was coming up, and and you know it was obviously first kind of the controversy with when Robert Pattinson was announced, which was insane to me. The people that were like, he can't be Batman, he's Edward Cullen. I'm like, have you not watched any movie in the, in the last ten years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you know, like Matt Reeves kept talking about how like unique this take would be, and then the first trailer, like the first teaser, came out, and I was like, this kind of feels like Nolan. Like, yeah, th- I I was a little worried that stylistically it wasn't going to distance itself from Nolan enough, but it but it really does. It 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 completely, and 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 like you said, it does kind of feel like the most comic accurate batman we've gotten in a long time it, it's not it, it's not it's not struggling to be it's it's not like striving to be as grounded as nolan you know sometimes nolan's was so like this is the real world yeah. like nothing comic booky happens in this in this world and 
and this one's a little bit more open to it but it's also the the first batman movie i can think of where i'm like all right normal people might live in gotham like i don't think anyone's ever given us like a realistic looking gotham yeah. before this one and this one i was like yeah i could i could see people living in gotham yeah um but yeah and, it, and it's such an interesting new take on bruce wayne uh it's such an interesting new take on batman himself yeah it it and and four four or three hour movie like that was one thing i i saw that one kind of opening night as well and and everyone was taught that was such a talking yeah. point was like who do they think they are making an over three hour batman movie and i got out of it the next day and i was like nah, it earns it, it. Earns it did it. not feel like three hours whatsoever yeah. no i agree i think i i actually saw it twice in a weekend which was which i never do I never seen it twice in a weekend because I watched it and my buddy was like, well, you didn't go with me. I was like, dude, I'll go again. Like <laughs> I enjoyed it that much. I will go again. He was, okay. You want to go now? I was like, yeah, let's go tonight. I don't care. And I didn't, I didn't lose anything. That's I was like, Oh, it got worse. Second. No, it was, I still loved it. Like the world is fantastic. Pattinson's great. Paul Dano as the Riddler is just, a, it's just incredible. Like I, I know. And we'll talk about Feldman's a little bit, but like, and some people don't like Dano and Fablemans, but like to do Fablemans and Batman in the same year and two drastically different performances, I think it's just wild. And like you said, I love the visuals they do. I love the kind of Gotham they've portrayed where it's it's like a hodgepodge of different cities where it's like, is it Tokyo? But is it like New York? Like, oh, what are these places that we're showing? Which makes it feel more like a, a graphic novel, basically. Um mm -hmm. And yeah, just the I love I love like this kind of noir aspect to it with Pattinson's narration throughout, where he's like writing in his journal. Um, yeah, I I loved and, Col and also not 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 even just talking about Paul Dano, Colin Farrell. Just the range <laughs> of this man is insane to me. Like I remember watching, be like, I don't see Colin Farrell in this role. Like I just don't. No, I yeah, do. No, I, I know that that's know Colin Farrell, him, but I can't. can't I can't find it. him in there. Like it's like, well, I can't hear him. Yeah, I can't see I, him. Like. I couldn't hear him. Like you can kind of see it in the eyes. So I have several. Like, oh, I saw him, and I was like, I didn't. And I was actually like, where is he at? Like, where's when's the voice kind of change a little bit to where you hear Farrell's accent? No, he was through and through Oswald Cobblepot the Penguin. Like it was, it was wild to see. Um, Colin Farrell finally redeeming himself in comic book movies. Yeah. I mean, he did just get the <laughs> Razzies. Screw that organization, but the Razzies just gave him like the the, the Redeemer Award. Um, I'm like, he should have gotten it years ago, you, you you assholes. Like, but he made like four like like four different movies this year with Batman, uh, with Banshees, with After Yang, and with Thirteen Lives. Just just the range yeah, of this man. There was a quote uh, we brought up in our In Bruges episode that yep. was talking about how In Bruges turned him from like a blockbuster actor into, I think they said like one prestige pick yeah. a year type of actor yes. or something like that. This dude dropped four prestige picks in, one in year. a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what's what's next? It's our, did I say my three? Uh, no. Okay. My three. I did my three uh, yet. Yeah, I know my three is higher. My three is Top Gun Maverick. Mm, I've got it higher. Okay. Um. Okay. So we're at number two, right? For yep. Tom, okay. yeah, Thomas. So Thomas, what's your number two? Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> okay. I assume David, you don't have it higher. I don't have it on my list, but it's how painful. dare you? <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was an honorable mention. It was an honorable mention. Okay. Mm. So that means it's in the top fifteen. 
Wild. Okay. Uh, so, okay. Go ahead, Thomas. Yeah, I mean, I... I think I think years from now there's gonna be this like like the next generation's gonna come out and be like why the hell did these people hype up Totcom Maverick so much yeah. but I like I it's it's all about context and like this was the first great blockbuster we've had in in years uh-huh. you know outside of outside of comic book movies like and and especially with the pandemic it, and just like the fact that it just kept bringing people to theaters just over and over and over again and it's it's the the score you know it's the 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 way it's shot with these people like it, it feels uh like you can it, it you can feel it. It, it it it's real it's all there these people are in these planes and um yeah i saw it opening weekend in like the dolby theater so like when the planes go by you know your your seat rumbles mm-hmm. and not not like 40x but you know just like from the sound um and it is it is just a the movie experience i think everybody had been wanting while they were stuck at home watching movies on streaming for for two years you know um and we've been in this era it's not the first kind of legacy sequel that we've had but i think it's it's handled it one of the best as far as kind of bringing back maverick and and giving him kind of a new emotional journey i was like it's been so long and the the first trailer came out and they were like you're you're dangerous and i was like oh no it's just gonna be the same yeah. plot over again and and it's not and it's all tied up in this uh you know the first top gun is is kind of it's kind of a uh people like it ironically like you know it's like we make fun of the, <laughs> there's some people who don't the, the, thomas there's some people who don't i will attest to that but you know it's like oh the vol- it's 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 cheesy yeah and 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 we like it for that you know yeah um <laughs> but so much it's, it's so like oh masculinity that you know in the first one they're just like goose dies and and they're like hey get over it it's been a day you're good you're fine and and so to kind of reevaluate that from a modern mindset and be like no this would sit with this this would ruin this man's life like emotionally this has has stunted him yeah. for forever and turn ruin and, the and lives so to, of others in the process because of yeah so way. so to go back and be able to explore that from kind of a modern storytelling and, and a modern sensibility i think it's it's very very well done and i was somebody i think it really resonated for me too obviously i, I have a lot of stock in glenn powell uh but i was someone who bought a lot of miles teller stock after whiplash <laughs> and then kind of had it tank when he when he tanked it himself doing that like gq interview that was like miles teller is an asshole oh, yeah. and he doesn't care or whatever um what a redemption what a what a redemption for miles <laughs> teller he's 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 great in this um he is yeah it's just i think it it, it is just bottle everything you want in a blockbuster just like bottled up and 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 i love it for that yeah it's it's a it's 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 incredible like it's like sure it has like you can say like the 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 a very simple structure and what it does like it's like of course maverick's gonna come and be part of the ending uh the ending battle but but yeah it's just like i mean when spielberg said tom cruise saved the movies i mean he might be right is the thing like Mm -hmm. um because that movie i mean the legs of that movie especially in the u.s is just wild like how well it has continued to do um for a year almost now yeah but a little over i mean yeah three-fourths of a year like it's it's crazy and asa cruz because why i think maverick is better than top gun the original is because i think cruz as an actor has just improved improved so well 
Like, because Cruz, he, or Matt and Top Gun, he's just this hot shot, like, kind of chaotic actor, because he's a chaotic character as well. And so it works for what they're doing. But now Cruz is an actor is way more, um, way more refined. I guess he's way more um, smarter and and how he makes his choices is the thing. Like he's a more calculated actor now than he was when he was doing Top Gun because Top Gun I think was just relying solely on charisma a lot of the time. And now it's like there's moments where like it's actually talking about as we've kind of been saying like maverick not just maverick aging but tom cruise himself aging of like is there a world for a tom cruise nowadays and he kind of shows mm. you that yeah there is and people still want something like tom cruise at your movie theater is the thing like movie stars still should be a big part of the industry and not just the sole ip is just the ip basically um but yeah i loved it david your your thoughts on top gun maverick I mean, I think you guys nailed it. It's a, it's a, it's a great, you know, great uh, blockbuster film. Had a lot of fun with it. Like I said, I've seen it. I saw it in theaters, and then I watched it on the plane, and I had fun both times. Um, yeah, I, and I like the young cast a lot too. I mean, I know you guys mentioned Glenn Powell and um, and Miles Teller, but even just the rest of the the Flight mm-hmm. Academy, they're yeah, all, they're all great. great. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. It's just it's a and it's yeah. We needed it. We needed that movie. And, we we I feel like we needed that this summer. And Jennifer Conley, I love Jennifer Conley. I want more Jennifer Connelly in movies. Is the thing mm-hmm. we need more. Um, all right, Dave, we're at, David, we're at, you're number two. Is what we're at uh, the Northman. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Where was that again for you, Thomas? That was uh, that was seven. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I mean, in terms of like a vision, you know, like a director's vision this year, I I mean, I don't think anything beats the Northman in my opinion. I mean, it's just like I was just in awe. Um, and yes, it's a simple revenge tale. And if you've read Hamlet, you know the story, but it, but it's also based on the original legend that inspired Hamlet. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, uh, yeah, I think Scar, uh, Scar is just a force in this movie. Um, I love the supporting cast. And like I said, visual, you know, Ethan Hawke's great. Um, uh, and Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, the score, that's probably my favorite score of the, of the year. Um, and yeah, having seen, you know, like I, I love Edgar's previous films as well, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like, like I love both those movies and I think the vision in those movies is great, but this is just on a scale. And also when you take into account, like it, it looks so much more expensive than what they actually made mm-hmm. it for. Um, yeah. I mean like that berserker sequence alone, it's, and, and I know it's like three separate takes, but it's still an insane sh- like shot. It, it's insane. Three shots. Even if you discount that it's, you know, like a fake long take, but it's, it's, it's an impressive scene regardless. And yeah, the, the whole movie, it, I mean, it just, it just, it just blew me away. And I, and I saw it twice. I saw it once with a Q and a with him and Skarsgård, which was great to hear their perspectives. And like, and he was so like, uh, Skarsgård, like he's the one that kind of, brought this to fruition so it's pretty awesome that he got eggers involved and like you know it's uh it's cool to see an actor you know take that much passion in something like this so thomas yeah it's i mean revenge revenge tales are like my guilty pleasure movie so i was i was all in on this one um but yeah it, it, it feels like you know if if you weren't super familiar with with eggers you might you know watch his first two movies and be like where did this one come from mm-hmm. but it, but if you've kind of kept up with his storytelling and and filmmaking this this feels like exactly what you should expect when you hand eggers a bunch of money and in the best possible way yeah. um and I, i'm really i was really bummed to see it not perform well at the box office because it 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 does feel like I, th- I think it's got mainstream appeal. Like it, it, it's got an art house vibe to it mm-hmm. completely. Um, but you know, ultimately it's, it's 
buff dudes beating each other up you know uh regardless of how you feel about and i love the way he builds the viking mythology into it and the you know the 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 visions of valhalla and everything is is um is is really wild and it's yeah i got out of it and it (laughs) just like the the one word i could think of was just like metal like it like it just feels (laughs) like like, without a doubt back when led zeppelin was like obsessed with viking mythology like that's what this feels like um but yeah great cast and and it's everybody yeah it's one of those things where it's it's great to see you know who's who's excited to work with eggers at this point you know that he can bring willem dafoe back for like one scene or that he can get you know ethan hawk to to go all out like he does in this movie um yeah something something super special and and i love that that eggers got the money to make this and i'm really bummed that that something like this might not ever happen again because of how it performed well that's what he said to me he was like this is as close as to like a big hollywood production as i i can make like it's yeah. you know <laughs> it said it oh. says i don't know how true it is um uh it later found financial success on bod is what it was oh. so it actually awesome. i know a lot of people were talking about it. it hit peacock and i know a lot of people were talking about it once it hit peacock but um and it, i mean it was early in the year you know it was people still i feel like weren't quite back in the in the theater yep. yet when this one hit yeah. but um but I, I saw it opening weekend in theaters and it, yeah it was a just a, a very unique theater going experience for sure it says oh this is through forbes uh that Northman can break and this, I don't know what, what date this is. This Northman can break into the black despite earning only $70 million on a $70 million budget. Uh, thanks to VOD and post theatrical hmm. revenue streams. Well, let's, let's hope people don't, I mean, all the headlines like the weekend after it came out, were like, it who bombed. gave Robert Eggers all the money to do yeah. this? Like, um, yeah. but, but he's yeah. making his Nosferatu. He's finally making his Nosferatu remake right yeah. now. So that's, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him. Yeah. I'm excited to see Northman. I need, I, I it's one that I should have, I should have watched much earlier and have still yet to watch so hopefully hopefully in the year 2023 as we're in march now uh i'll see it at some point is the thing i've still got like even with my my four movie marathon movies left on my i think i've got like 45 on my list of of movies to have seen from last year it's 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 there's a lot of movies out there guys a lot of movies out there um david what is your northman's your number two so it's my number two right is that we're at yep yep all right i feel like this is the one or Thomas will have some thoughts on it. My number two is the fa- <laughs> is the Fablemans. Oh, okay. Is the Fablemans? Um, I am. Oh, I was texting with my buddy last night because he wasn't liking it, and I'm like explaining it to. And so it's not gonna be for everybody, but with Fablemans for me, I'm really loving this like Spielberg in his old age, just like making whatever movie he wants to like beforehand. He was just making dad movies. I will say like like in that period with like mm-hmm. Bridge of Spies and The Post all good but now like we're hitting the interesting part of his bucket list to me like i think the post oh i want to make some kind of like, like thriller or british spies that i do like some sort of spy thriller but now i'm like hitting this like period i'm really intrigued by with west side story with the musical and failments being this kind of coming of age story for him that he's never really told before and while i think the second the first half is the weaker of the halves of the movie i love the second half of this film so much like there's something warm throughout the entire movie. So that second half and breezy about it. Like I, it could be too nostalgic for some or too sentimental, but I think actually for me, it works this time. Um, and he kind of capture captures some mentality that, that works here that he's usually knocked for. And I think, I think the guy who plays Sammy 
um, uh, Gabriel LaBelle is just incredible, um, especially in that back half. And Jed Hirsch is just wonderful in the two scenes he's in. Um, I don't know if he should deserve an Oscar nomination for it, but he has one of the best scenes of the movie or best scenes of the year with him kind of talking about, and we've been talking about this month of movies on movies and uh about the idea of the how art can tear you apart and is it all worth it and what do you lose if you really commit to it um that seems amazing and then yeah david lynch coming in and almost doing the whole movie and just like one scene is is incredible um but yeah i i i'm i'm really invested in the spielberg just like i'm looking at doing the bucket list stuff now but doing like really cool interesting stuff for the bucket list in my opinion um, but David, you also had this pretty, uh, pretty on your, on your top 10. I had, yeah, I had a number yeah. four. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I've seen it twice. I saw it once when, when I went back home for Thanksgiving and I mean, it's just such a, like, I just really respect him for making such a personal movie, but I think, you know, we can all kind of find a way to connect with it. Yeah. So it, it, and it's, and it's, <laughs> it's so interesting how he shoots it too, because it still kind of feels like one of his blockbusters almost. Uh, but it's this like intimate drama about, you know, his family and, yeah. and how that influenced his filmmaking, um, and, and his whole childhood. Um, I mean, it's kind of like we, I know we, the eight, we did the eight and a half episode yesterday, but it's kind of the same thing now that I'm thinking about it. It's like, he is unpacking his childhood trauma yeah. on screen. I mean, you know? yeah, the scene I was texting my buddy about, cause he was, my buddy was like really hating on it. He was like, Dano and Michelle Williams are really bad in this movie. And I'm like, well, that's fine. And then he was on the scene when it's the divorce when they're saying they're they're getting divorced. And what I told him, I was like, oh, like I love the mirror shot. And he was just like, oh, I guess I missed it. And I think he didn't miss it. He just didn't realize the importance of it. And he was like, and I said, that's one of my favorite parts. Of this movie he was like, why? They're just like Michelle Williams laughing when Dano's trying to tell him they're getting divorced. Like, why do you like that? I go because that mirror shot to me is the first time where, um where I think or one of the few times in the movie where Spielberg's breaking the fourth wall and he's basically saying because the mirror shot is basically it's showing Sammy watching his parents they're getting divorced and then it cuts to another Sammy basically filming it in this in like in this reflection in the mirror and I just saw that as Spielberg being like hey my whole career comes from this moment and I've spent my entire career just adding on to this moment or, or making this moment cinematic in some way, whether it be ET or close encounters, like all my trauma that I've portrayed with a divorced family or whatever, broken family in these movies, all is from this moment. And even, or this moment. And in this moment, I am sitting here thinking about how can I turn this into a movie? I just was, I was floored by that. So, yeah. So Thomas, what are your thoughts on the fable? Well, it's funny you should mention the, the mirror sequence. Cause that's, that's what, I think the the mirror scene I think overpromises what he then underdelivers mm-hmm. in in this for me and you know it's and and to a part it's because I'm holding Spielberg and Tony Kushner to to a very high mm-hmm. uh, you know it's Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner yeah I don't, it's just a lot of this ring is kind of cliche for me and to a point where I was like you guys if this is if this is you if this is Steven Spielberg showing us his life in film i don't know I, I wanted it to feel a little bit fresher um and and that's not that's not like a critique on a critique on nostalgia but um i i think i told brandon after i saw it it's it 
several of the scenes were very similar to Paul Dano's uh, wildlife, which mm-hmm. is <laughs> like, did Paul Dano have a moment on set where he's like, Steven, are you, are you stealing my movie a little bit here? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think there, there were just, and maybe, maybe I'm just holding him to too high of a standard, but there's just times when I think he could have reeled in Michelle Williams, where she was playing the character like gets a little bit outside of of gets a little bit too heightened Mm -hmm. for to feel human for me necessarily and you know some of that stuff in the i I think that the high school stuff gets kind of like teen teen comedy a little too much kind of out of nowhere Mm -hmm. for me to the point where this has been like a very grounded emotional film and then all of a sudden we have this like high school bully that's straight out of a after school special you know um so I don't know, it was just little things here and there, and, and maybe it was overhyped for me because I, I didn't see it. Oh my goodness. There's somebody at my front door, apparently. Um, it's Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> he's, here, he's here to fight me. Um, but, I heard uh, you said Thomas. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I still have it. It's, it's 12. It's 12 on my list. So, yeah. I mean, I barely missed this episode for me. But, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, 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 it left me a little disappointed and I, I went in very hyped for yeah. it because I, I i was very sold on the idea of, of, of spielberg looking back on his whole life but especially having that pairing of him and kushner on on the script it it yeah. and after west side know, and after west side story they've been, been yeah as, yeah especially after what they did with west side story yeah, yeah. um well still disappointed but still at 12 is not not terrible i will say yeah exactly I, yeah I, I just felt like i had to offer a counterpoint yeah, you yeah, know, know but, but yeah still still 12 it's it's still it's still, still pretty, pretty high high. on my list um okay so so thomas what is we're at number one now um we're at number one yep uh so thomas what is your number one i have everything everywhere all at once that is also my number one um so take the floor yeah i i mean it's 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 interesting watching kind of the we were talking about the whale discourse but it's interesting watching the discourse on this one and i think it's going to be the discourse for any movie that's been out as long as this one has and and you know our our, our friend euthana saw an early screening of this and texted me and we've both been fans of the daniels for a long time and texted me i was like oh my gosh the daniels new movie is is amazing and that was like months that was like last summer i think he saw a very early screening of it yeah it would have been two summers like two summers ago yeah yeah yeah. um and so i saw i saw it opening weekend and that it was one i came out of it i'm like i i i'm kind of sad that eventually people on the internet are gonna call this overhyped but um, (laughs) but at at the time i'm just gonna sit in it and and let it be but it's just it's so fresh and as a as a fan of the daniels it, it feels like I, I was a little disappointed in Swiss Army Man um, because I didn't feel like it delivered on that kind the way that they blend kind of r- absolutely ridiculous humor with emotion uh, in, in some of their like short work. Um, I, I didn't feel like Swiss Army Man quite delivered on as much. But this this is this this is everything I've wanted from something of them. Yeah. It's just this idea of like we can be silly we can do kind of whatever crazy thing we want to, but we still know how to tell a story with human emotion. And the fact that it's been this kind of career resurgence for Michelle Yeoh and especially for Kihei Kwan um, is, is incredible. And, and that, and that everyone showed up, I mean, even, even Jamie Lee Curtis and yeah. Stephanie Sue kind of as a, as a newcomer, like everyone showed up to just have, let these guys 
have fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you get someone who's an absolute legend like Michelle Yeoh and, and be like, all right, now you're in this fight scene where everyone's trying to shove a, a trophy up their asses and, <laughs> and to have everyone like commit to it fully is, is, is something really, really incredible and, and unique. And, and I think the fact that, that they, you know, that that's always the, the kind of, striking visuals and effects mm -hmm. on a low budget has always kind of been their trademark. And, and I think they, they really do it up here in, in, in an amazing way. So, you know, we're, we've now t gotten to this point of discourse where it's like, ah, that's, that's overrated. And, and, and now that it's nominated and, and has been winning all these awards, I'm hearing from people who, who wouldn't normally watch it and are like, ah, that was so weird. I can't stand it. Yeah. And so it's, um, you know, it's, it's reaching a much wider audience than I ever expected it to. And, and when it came out, last what february, last february. Like, yeah uh i never thought it was gonna have the the stamina yeah, to make it the to the thing. awards because uh, i was but here we are because i was like when i saw i was like i don't know if anything's gonna top that movie for me as my favorite film of the year but sad it came out in february because i don't think it's gonna hold up for award season and mm -hmm. it somehow has and but kihei kwan i think he he, he has one of the best narratives of any actor in the past 25 years like mm -hmm. the narrative of not not just like oh it's like it's not like a, a mickey rourke or even a brendan fraser where it's like oh like they like they've been gone but they've really they've been still making movies but they just haven't really hit that height they were before but ki ki kwan just completely gone from the industry for mm -hmm. decades and you watch him in this movie. He's because it's my he he's my favorite performance of this year because he's playing three different characters in this film, mm -hmm. and they're so different. And he has such incredible range. And you're like, why wasn't this man working since the night? And, and you see it. You know, he shows up as as, as Wayne, this 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 version of Wayman yeah. at the beginning, and you're like, okay, it's this is kind of. Yes the the characters that he this played as Dana. a kid kind of grown yeah. up like he's he's kind of nerdy he's he's kind of of bookish and then he, he has that first kind of transition where he becomes scene. an action star and you're like oh yeah, alpha okay Wayman. when 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 they're in the elevator and he like turns into alpha wayman and i was like oh this is different <laughs> i was like and then when he starts doing the fight stuff and i go oh my god he's amazing yeah and then both of them in the in the Wan Kar Wai stuff, yeah, it, like both of them are incredible, just wonderful, just wonderful, yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, the Daniels we've been following. I I we I found out about our first year at USC because uh, one of our professors showed showed us a music video, which I think you you're already aware of them. I was not. Um, and an interesting ball came out around that time. Their short film, mm -hmm. which we loved, yep. and I know I showed we showed David after everything ever all at once. Where I'll, no, it was, was before, before actually. Before. It was I was before. like, yeah, before we're I like, saw hey, it. this is who these guys really are. Like, this yeah, is. This, I'd only seen Swiss Army. Is, Man I was like, Swiss Army Man's like, it's them, but it's not fully them. With what we were expecting, we went into it. Mm -hmm. But interesting ball was, um, and it was great. But David, you just rewatched this last night. Last night, yeah, yeah. yeah well, that was my third time seeing it, and I, I think it's a great film. I, I really, I really enjoy it. It would, it would be number eleven. So, uh, I just think I went by like my top ten favorites. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. But no, no, I mean it's touched me all three times, and I finally gave it a heart this time. Um, so it's touched me all three times, and uh, yeah, I, I think, I think. I, I was always impressed by Key's performance, but that's what really stuck out to me last night was that was how great so he is. Great. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, and, 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 and having seen that, that short film, the interesting ball, uh, what, what blew my mind the first time and it's continued to blow my mind is how they cross cut in the third act. And it doesn't, it never feels like, like it, everything that's been building, even just like what seemed like simple one-off jokes, like the raccoon yeah. thing, right? It, it builds to this emotional climax and it all connects and it just blows my mind how they did yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But when you watch interesting ball, you're like, wow, they just like did that on such a grander scale. And it's, it's insane that yeah. they had that many plates in the air and they're like spinning yeah. them and, and it, but it still connects and it all brings it back to this like mother daughter relationship. So it, it's, it's a beautiful story. Well told on this grand scale. And, and then when you get into the technical side of it, it's like, they didn't, you know, they didn't have a lot of money. They shot this with, you you know, way fewer days than you'd expect. Yeah, and a, um, and a, and, and know, a warehouse just, in the valley probably is the thing. Right, right. Um, but yeah, you, you wouldn't expect that scene in the movie. It seems like they, you know, they, it was just, you know, it's just so well made. Yeah. It's it's a uh, yeah it yeah. I'm I I, I do I do think it's going to win Best Picture. So we'll we'll, we'll see, see we'll see I, I when this comes out. We'll see if we you're, mm-hmm. you're right. Uh, and I I I I know what your number one is, David. So we'll jump to that. So what's your number one? Man, she's been a sheer. So go ahead. Uh, Why is it? Yeah, so I saw. Uh, why is why it number one? one? Oh yeah. Well, so I saw it. Uh, with you know, in, in, uh, during Beyond Fest at at the Arrow, and seeing it with that crowd was a blast because it's like everybody was sick, so excited, and you know, it's a new Martin McDonough film, and his, um, you know, like I. I, I, I mean, obviously, I love In Bruges. Um, I need to revil- revisit Three Billboards, but I was a slightly disappointed when I saw that when it came mm-hmm. out. So I was just hyped to see him, you know, come back and, and come back with these actors specifically, right? Um, but it kind of it more than exceeded my expectations. I think you know, Farrell. Farrell is my favorite, my favorite performance mm-hmm. of the year. Um, I think this is his best script since Bruges. Um, and I think he also even like took a step up visually. I know yeah. I saw people on Twitter were like dunking on the cinematography. I'm like, what? And I'm like. Uh, and yeah, you, okay, you can chalk it up to a lot of that being the location, but still, it's it's a it's a you know it's just a really well made movie, and it's McDonough kind of getting back to that um, that real real dark comedy, and uh, yeah, it was just you know I, I I've seen it twice, and uh, yeah, I love it, I love it, and I love the I love this exploration of like the end of a friendship, right, um, and just the ridiculousness that spirals out of that of that event. Mm-hmm. So, Thomas, what are your thoughts on Banshees? Yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. I had it had it at number three. I, I am a yeah big McDonough fan. Similarly, it was it was a little disappointed in in uh, three billboards. Love Seven Psychopaths for <laughs> as messy as it is. I kind of love it because of the mess that it is. Yeah. But having having seen a lot of his plays, I think this is the closest he's gotten. Yes. This is the best he's gotten to like bringing the energy of his plays to to film, and and I think he does it perfectly here. Even I think In Bruges is a perfect movie, and and it works exactly for what it is. But it it it's this this is all the all the Martin McDonough plays I've seen kind of brought to film. This idea of like a small town, mm-hmm. and just like one dumb thing happens, and it just throws off this entire town and and i think he does it so well here you know it's these these two leads are so good that that the they could be dominating the conversation but the fact that kind of the two supporting characters here are brought up as much as they are um you know he, he gives so much life to to his supporting characters as well also shout out jenny the donkey yeah um i quick quick side note i don't want to spoil too many movies here but i've seen seen way too i've seen way too many donkeys die this year yeah (laughs) on screen like why did we all decide to kill donkeys this year like three or four i think is what it is it's wild rough year to be a donkey um 
I've seen two donkeys die in the last 24 hours. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it, 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 he, he just builds all these amazing characters and, and creates this community and then just, just to, to, to steal from, from NBA Twitter. He just, he just lets them cook, you know? <laughs> and, and it, it reaches these heights that you, you know, if you're not familiar with McDonough, I think it would be, a, be a real shock to you. But if you, if you're familiar with his work, you're just kind of waiting yeah. for it to get kind of for drop. Yeah, um, yeah, for the ball to drop. Yeah. And, yeah. And, it, and it does, but, but yeah, everyone is great in this, but, I, I love Colin Farrell. I've loved Colin Farrell probably since in Bruges. And this is one of the best performances he's ever delivered. Yeah. His character is, you, you, you know, you, you, you feel for him. And, and by the time that he kind of breaks and, and, you know, just decides he's done with the world. Like you, you, you can absolutely sympathize with him. He's, he's a man that's been kind yeah. of pushed to the edge, but yeah, the, you know, ultimately what he's saying about, Kind of friendships and ambition and 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 you know war allegory and, yeah. and all that all that kind of stuff it all comes through so well and it's also effective for a movie that's just about two guys deciding you know one guy deciding he doesn't want to be friends with another one anymore be friends anymore what <laughs> but yeah Barry and would you like to be yesterday, yesterday. <laughs> and yeah the timelines everything was fine yesterday and like yeah it, it brings up these great conversations about like just friendship but also like um we talked without this movie, some movie stuff about the art versus like wanting to have art and does art like do you, if you make art your priority do you lose everything in the process and that's kind of what's the the conversation is brendan gleason is kind of being a selfish character he's like i want to focus on my work and you're bringing me down because you're just you're the same old person every day and i want to create something that lasts and i want to create art and he's kind of like yeah but like our friendship is more important to me than some stupid piece of music like Mm. This lives forever for us. Like, what are you talking about? Um, well, and it's, if, if you look back through all of his work, it all, almost everything McDonough has done before is always just like there's 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 something dark inside everyone yeah. just waiting to come out. And this one is it's you know that that speech that Farrell goes on about just being nice. Used to be it's nice. Like, yeah, you're just you're seeing oh, him grow as a writer yeah. and be like, well, maybe maybe we need to maybe we, we need to look for the goodness in people after all. It used to be nice. Oh God, you never were. It's God. It's so, like that's heartbreaking scene. Barry Coogan when he like when he when he asked Carrie Condon out and he goes, well, mm. there goes that dream. Ah, ah, so sad. <laughs> like it was weird because when I came out, I was like, God, that 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 movie felt like just like a like a a warm blanket and everyone else is like that movie is depressing as hell what are you talking about <laughs> but it, it was just something about it with like just the the i don't know i don't know if it was the setting of in ireland and just the 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 look of it but yeah it's both depressing but still is warm weirdly um yeah i i loved it i loved it that was that was a great movie experience this year like really fantastic well, gentlemen, I think that's all of our top 10. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of great films in 2022. And a lot of great yeah. films we still have yet to see for 2022 mm-hmm. that we'll hopefully catch up on. Um, here's hoping that 2023 will also be as good. We'll see. Summer's looking bleak, guys. It gotta be real. Um, but we'll we'll see. We've had a we've had a solid February, solid February and March. And March though, I gotta right be now. Yeah, it's been a solid few months. I, I've already got my the rest of the month like mapped out for 
movies I gotta see, which is crazy for March. I feel like yeah, but. it is. So it's a lot, little more spacing, a little more spacing with movies now. It feels like so more movies can make money. It feels like um, Scream's done well, Creed's done well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm excited for this year. Um, so yeah, that's it for this page, Patreon episode. Thank you so much for being a patron and supporting us and kind of being a part of our show. Um, follow us on all the socials. You guys know the drill. Um, yeah, so Thomas, David, thank you so much for joining me on this trio episode. Yeah. I think it went well. I think it went well. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. It's been fun. Uh, thank you all for listening. We have to listen to more episodes soon. Bye.